Welcome to How to Lose a Girl in 10 Days, the podcast where we talk about the opinions of old people and young people from fair wages, carbon zero, sheen halls, and everything else in between. Okay, hello, I'm Holly. And I'm Xander. Um, welcome to How to Lose a Girl in 10 Days. And your new favourite insight into the world of New Zealand politics. We will see. Hopefully so. <laughs> um, before we start, we'll tell you why we thought about doing a podcast and why we're here sat in my bedroom recording this on my flatmate's microphone <laughs> on a Friday afternoon. We talk about politics a lot. We're Wellington students. I study international relations and political science, so I'm somewhat politically engaged, as the youth say. And me being a classic law student, have to be slightly interested in politics. This is true. Um, and one day we simply went out for coffee and we were sat in my workplace talking shit about politicians. And from that, I think we just decided that people should hear what we have to say. We had so, these yeah. conversations anyway, and our flatmates are always very interested in our, all of our insights. Whether or not they're good is debatable. We think politics is perceived as boring and we would like to make it more interesting for people and encourage people to vote and understand things a bit better. And just like a, give it like a bit of like a intro as to what politics in New Zealand looks like, how you can get involved. If you want to. Otherwise you can just sit and listen to this and listen to what we have to say about it as well. It Which is, is also pretty fun. It is. Um, anyway, so our podcast topic for today is we're just going to introduce you to each of the different political parties in New Zealand and like whether or not they're relevant, what they stand for. Just what the general vibe is, because a lot of parties talk a lot of shit and don't really tell you what they actually want for the country, which I think is like somewhat important. Yeah. Um, and they do tell you what they're talking about. It's just buried in so much, so many, so many pages of websites and stuff. It's horrible. This is true. This is true. So we've broken it all down for you. We're going to go through each party and just have a chat about them. So we'll start, we'll start like really right wing and we'll like go progressively more left wing. Conservative Party. So this is a party in New Zealand. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Firstly, Ted Johnston, Rat, who is, he is a co-leader of the New Conservative Party. He ran as an Auckland mayoral candidate and got egged, um, which I think is iconic. And I think that's really funny. To be fair, he does kind of look like an egg, though. He does look like an egg, but he also has some really bad opinions, which is why I think <laughs> more so he got egged. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's fitting, though. It's fitting. It's fitting. So he is a co-leader of New Conservative, along with Helen Houghton, who is just giving, like, trad wife energy yeah there's no better way of explaining it I no agree. that she she just looks like every evangelical mother ever yeah you you, you look at her and you're like you know she's a republican she's a she's <laughs> a republican me on twitter looking through old <laughs> woman's pages <laughs> god um so new conservative vibes they don't really have any like proper like oh this is how i'm gonna run the country kind of policy they just really have like key issues they're like they're like a they're like a single issue voter party in the sense of like they're like we need to protect kiwi like, family values which is a really vague amorphous term and they don't they never really discuss what it, it means ba- no they do well it's basically just banning gay people yeah, it's like it's like they want to go back to some sort of like idealized version of like new zealand in the 60s socially this is true they do 
Yeah, but they don't really have any particular policy. When I was looking through their policy, I found it was really funny. They were quoting Matt Walsh in their policy page on their official website. If you don't know, Matt Walsh is like this American political commentator who's like really, really right wing. And I just think it's really funny that they like actually reference this dude on their <laughs> official policy page. Yeah, particularly when they're talking about, was it the gay agenda? That gives you a sort of idea of what yeah, they're like. Very religious in, in every vibe. Yeah. yeah, but they're very anti-abortion, anti-gay marriage. Also a funny thing. So there's this girl called Chantelle Baker, and she's like a conspiracy TikToker. So she's the daughter of Leighton Baker. Leighton Baker was the ex-leader. Didn't of he found the party? Maybe he did. I don't actually know if he founded it, but he was he was definitely a leader for a very long time. And his daughter is Chantelle Baker, and she just got banned from Facebook and went on like an internet rampage because she was spreading like vaccine misinformation. Anyways. Um, example of their kind of policy to give you some kind of context. They have this like petition that's literally just ban trans people. Um, yeah, it's a petition just to say we shouldn't teach the ideology that people can be born into the wrong body and change sex in New Zealand schools. They say, I think we should just, don't talk about it. I think we should, I think they want to do more than just that. I think they want to ban any discussion of, um, I, yeah, yeah, I think so. Not good, anyways. Um, yeah, that's mostly. That's mostly what New Conservative are doing. Yeah. What else are they doing? Mostly just mostly that. that. Like, yeah. not, not much else, yeah. to be honest. Like, if, it, if it's like an American religious right policy agenda, they're probably supporting it. Like, I this imagine they're anti-abortion, but I don't think they say No, they are. They are anti-abortion. I think I found yeah. it on their, on their web page. Okay, that's funny. So that caps off New Conservative. They're like the most extreme, I think, of, of the Of the ones parties. we're going to go through today. Yeah, yeah. There are still... some more extreme parties in New Zealand. We can we can talk about the, the relevant parties at a different time. So, secondly, we have ACT. ACT is led by everybody's favourite politician, David Seymour. The man who won more votes in Dancing the Stars than he did in, like, an election two cycles ago. Basically, they're, like, really libertarian. What that means is they're just, like freedom for everybody nothing should be regulated like really pro free market it's kind of like growing in popularity though because when national flopped after the judith collins episode that they had (laughs) (laughs) the judith collins is such a good way of describing it (laughs) i think it's true i think it's reflective so like a bunch of people either like voted labor like we saw or they moved to act and voted david seymour so they got a lot of seats and like they've got 10 seats in parliament. 10 mps i believe yeah 10 10 mps in parliament so they're growing for sure they seem to also be like the young person's right-wing party like young people who are right-wing these days and less so like young nats and more so like young act pro david seymour very libertarian and vibes yeah like with that like Obviously, they believe in this whole trickle-down economics theory. It's, it's a lovely idea in theory, right? It's like the idea that if I give the rich person a lot of money, they're going to make more jobs and everyone's going to get richer. But it turns out, like, if you look at, like, how it's been implemented in New Zealand and overseas and what ACT wants to do, it doesn't usually work. In fact, it usually makes stuff worse. Yeah, because, basically, if Amazon sets up another factory, good for the people that are employed in Amazon, but it takes away all of the, like, actually useful business and small businesses, which are things that are actually going back into the economy... Yeah. That like actually objectively do more good in society. <laughs> and like, if you guys want, we can absolutely go into us another episode. Yeah, anyways, there's a lot to talk about. There. It's just they just believe in freedom. Like, just don't deregulate everything. The economy yeah. does its own thing, and everything will be fine. That isn't really usually how it plays out, though. Yeah. Um, but I guess if you could summarize that in a single slogan, it'd be greed is good. Yes, I think that that is. I think that that's a reasonable yeah. way of putting it. 
But I, I'm so confused by David Seymour as a person, right? Because he's like, he seems to be running on this like massive charisma scale, like almost pulling a Jacinda. Like as much as he criticizes her, he's running on the like, I am a meme, but I'm embracing it and I want the people to love me. Well, I mean, you can't really blame him because all, all his policies, like, you look at them too Suck. hard. You, 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 yeah, yeah, you can't look at them too hard about being like, something's a mess here. <laughs> Like, something's not quite right. <laughs> That's so funny. This is true. But, like, it's just weird because you say that they have, like, 10 MPs in Parliament, but you only hear from David Seymour. He's the only vocal member of their party. Oh, it's because some of them are... are this is my opinion. Nutcases. <laughs> Why? Why are they nutcases? Like, I mean, like, his his second in command or third in command is, like, the, the chief lobbyist for like the New Zealand Rifles Association oh who believes we should all, like who believes we should unban assault rifles and we should start selling them and like we should like oh reduce like background checks and all that sort of stuff That's and like be like the US of the way we treat firearms yeah. which I mean if you've looked at like their mass shooting statistics not very good no we probably, I don't think we should deregulate firearms I think yeah. that's a bad idea but yeah like they I don't know D- David Seymour is holding that party afloat Single-handedly, like, single-handedly. Like, to its core, he is the one yep. running that party. But he, like, he's such a meme, but he knows what he's doing with it. Like, yeah. did you see that, the, um, the Chinese New Year post? <laughs> the did, one where he, like, did you see is it? clearly not drawing Chinese characters. Yes, it's so good. And, like, the really, really loud traditional music in the background. And he's in this, like, traditional Chinese costume. And there's, like, he's speaking a, like, broken Mandarin where he's trying to say, like, Happy New Year. Um, it's just, like, absolutely horrific. I mean, like... So, I suppose that he's the only politician who's actively appealing to like that, that group of Chinese diaspora and I mean, like go go And to go be, to be fair, they are they it. are a large part of his demographic. They are. But I just like I just think it's funny, like anybody else who isn't being appealed to within that advertising just finds it so stupid. Yeah. Like he's just making a mockery of himself, but like it's working. And it's the most amazing thing. Good on him. Yeah. Okay, so now we have NZ First. This is Winston Peters' like pet, pet project. And I know, I, I say, I know you I know who Winston pet, Peters is. <laughs> I say pet project. It's entire existence. Yes, Winston Peters. I've got in my notes here. When he was young, he was he was sexy, but unfortunately, he has not been young for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is this is often described what as like your granddad's political party. Because yeah, like if you're over sixty five. This is the party that, like, they will do anything for your vote. They will do anything like, for your vote. This is true. Gold cards. That was Winston Peters. He got through that for the over 65. All the old people get to ride the bus for free. What about me? Poor yeah. student. No money. Hey, but to be I, fair, hey, like I, I think when you retire, you should get some stuff. You should get yeah. some stuff free, but I, I would also like them. Oh, I agree. Cards. I agree. I but want them too. We can talk about that one a bit later. This is true. So, yeah, they're kind of, like, wishy-washy on, like, most other stuff. Like, they're a very good coalition partner because they will kind of just, like, concede to a lot of things you offer them as long as they get a few little things through like with labor they were willing to support like most of what they were doing in a coalition sense that was like the coalition that happened between labor new zealand first and greens that was in 2020 2017 2017 yeah 2017 and like i have a lot of time for like like new zealand first like i don't necessarily support a lot of i don't necessarily support a lot of their like their policies but, like, a lot of the members of the party are really onto it, really organised. Like, if you look at the ministers they had when they were in coalition with Labour and Greens, like, Tracy, I think Tracy Watkins, maybe, and Shane Jones, like, they were characters, but, like, they got the job done and they were, they were good at it. Yeah. But I, I, I think it's similar to acting this way, where you're like, 
the only person you hear from is Winston Peters and he's like single-handedly propping up that party yeah. and now he retired like they just absolutely went under at the last election there's talk of him coming back I'll be interested to see if it's the resurfacing of Winston Peters to be fair though to be fair he's happened before like when, Zeal- when he's retired and come back when New Zealand first got wiped out like like has been wiped out at least twice and then just come and back and has come back revived yeah. every time they enter government they get eliminated and then they come back that's so funny you just can't beat them down very interesting yeah. but yeah Winston Peters just like is pro over 65s yeah. but that just means like they just don't really support a lot of climate policy and don't have a lot of time for like future focused issues because it's all old people who just vote in their largely vote in their own self interest they don't yeah. care what happens on this planet in 50 years time I mean they won't be around to see it <laughs> true this is true so that is NZ first they're not in parliament at the moment but they could come back they used to be big and Nobody really knows. Just yeah. watch out. And the current polling numbers, they've got a shot. They've got a shot. I'm not a great shot, but they've got a chance. <laughs> they've got a shot. Whether or not it's a good one is, is debatable. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, but they just kind of also just sell out a lot of things that they say they support, and then yeah. they don't. Like, even though Winston Peters is is Māori, he just, like, sells out on Māori issues as soon as it's, like, politically convenient for him, which I think yeah. is, like, not a very good move. But, I mean, it's working for him. It's working for him. And, you hey, do you, because of Winston Peters, we can still retire at 65 as we opposed to, like, 70, like, never. Opposed to never. I mean, yeah, but I think it's causing a lot of issues just keeping the retirement age at 65. So, so many people who are over 65, we don't have enough money in the economy to prop them we up. We absolutely forever. have enough money in the economy. Do we, no, have enough, we do we have enough tax revenue? That's a different story. No, we do not. Okay, okay, but money in the economy is different to like money that we have to spend on old people, right? Yeah, but like I reckon if you like, if you work yes, your whole life, if you work your whole life, and you've been like working hard your whole life and you're contributing to society, why shouldn't society look after you later on? And I I do agree with that sentiment, but I think that practically, practically that has issues because it just means that like a lot of our taxes as young people are not going to the things that are going to actually help us, right? Like, as young people, we're, like, fine. Well, I don't know. Personally, I'm, like, I'm fine to be taxed higher. But on the basis that that money is, like, going towards equitable education and, like, better healthcare for people and things that are going to improve my society, I don't really want to be paying off some, like, racist old dude called Graham going to God for the weekend. Like, to be fair, like, stuff like paying off, like, increasing healthcare helps everyone, including old people. Yeah, you're right. But I think that it's better to have those things go to a larger portion of society like everybody yeah. as opposed to just no I hear you I hear you I hear you you know yeah. you know so I'm like if you if you raised it to like 70 I still think that's like very reasonable next we have National our our main player in the boat run by Lux Deluxe himself yeah, and um, they've the gone for how many leaders in the last couple of years oh no the Humpty Dumpty <laughs> of the New Zealand political sphere um yeah no, I mean, I, I <laughs> how know. many leads? We started with Simon Bridges, then we went to do the Collins. And we had Todd Muller at some point, right? Oh no, we did, and then he had a mental breakdown, and then he had to quit. Yeah, he just broke. I mean, fair enough. I would too. Yeah, to be fair, being in charge of national. So wait, okay, so it was job. Simon Bridges, Todd Muller, Judy. Yeah. Ju- yeah. Judy Collins. Judy Collins. Crusher Collins. Crusher Collins. Anyway, so national. I've just got down here, like, been around literally, literally forever. They're like the second oldest political party. Yeah, Which is just kind of like, eh, change it up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Do like, something special. Them and Labour, they just keep alternating governments. Yeah, because that's how it works everywhere. Yeah. In most, most places. In most places. Yeah. They're just very, very economics focused. They have no time for social policy unless they need to defend something that they're doing. But, like, 
Yeah. They're all like, the economy is so important. Yeah, they do love to talk about the economy. They do. That's kind of the only thing they talk about. So they're run by, yeah, Christopher Luxon and Nicola Willis. Nicola Willis is a very polarizing figure. As is Luxon, to be honest. As is, I don't know. I, I don't think as many people actively hate Luxon. Like, I know a lot of people who actively hate Nicola Willis just, in the I, sense that, like, personally, like, people have met her in person. They're like, oh, she's just, like, a bit of a bitch. To be fair, I just don't think enough people have met Christopher Luxon at that point. This is, <laughs> this is also true. Because, like, nobody, like I've, I've heard him on the radio giving interviews. Nobody and that man, knew he was no. real. He doesn't no. have a lot of charisma, does he? He's he got... reminds me a little bit of Mark Zuckerberg. Like, I think that somebody could be controlling his motions with a little remote. I would believe I that. Be I would buy that. I would buy that. Like, yeah. the man stands exactly like you would imagine a robot to. <laughs> he, yeah, he's he is giving a little bit robotic. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Anyway, Who knows? so... <laughs> I also got down here, National has literally already sold you out. They yeah. just... <laughs> You're not wrong. Like... Yeah, like, so for young people, that this is all the relevant stuff. Is like, they want to remove first year free um, for economic reasons. They want to remove a lot of the whole, like, all the climate change legislation that Labour government brought in. Yeah, so they want to remove their, a lot of climate change stuff. They don't want to be hard on businesses about it because they're so pro the economy. They're like, no, there shouldn't be restraints on businesses. But a lot of those restraints are like, hey, be carbon neutral or you pay extra taxes. Or Which like, I think don't like, pollute our rivers. Yeah, or like, don't pollute our rivers. Otherwise, you're going to get fined for it. And I think those are like pretty reasonable expectations. I don't know. As somebody who cares about the future. <laughs> yeah. As a young person. As a young person. But who knows? Anyway, so that's the kind of thing that they want to do. They're pro-keeping burning coal. I think that that is not good. Yeah, and they love to talk about innovation all the time. They love to talk about innovation, but they don't actually show us any of the innovation. And Side they don't eye. really invest in innovation either. But that's a story <laughs> for another time. That's a story for another time. They're really pro-innovation, but don't talk about it and don't put any money into it. Allegedly, allegedly, this is all what we know from self-research. They, they could yeah. be funneling so much money into innovation, we don't know about. Anyways, um, yeah, they're also pro, like, reducing minimum wage, so working class, they're not really at that level of appeal. But, like, this is a big issue in New Zealand politics, is, like, they will get in because a lot of working class people, proportionally to, like, upper middle class people, don't vote as much, because, like, you don't have the time or, like, mental capacity to go out and vote if you were, like working very hard to like sustain yourself and your family yeah. um or you don't have time to do enough research oh yeah just... or like you just don't have time to do research on like niche issues that are actually going to affect you as much as like rich businessmen do because they've got like more time off because they can be yeah. their own boss which <laughs> is a really cool concept that not many of us can do but yeah there's just like if there are issues like that we can talk about another day but a lot of people do support them and i think that it's important to have some kind of economic focus especially after like covid and we don't have a lot of money in the government to spend yeah and i think it's important to replenish that and that's a good focus but i think that their whole focus on trickle down economics is the only way it works like it's been proven by like every economist ever that yeah. it just like so doesn't work that's why just... we're going to go for another episode where we explain why why we explain why oh this I'm whole so episode sorry. is going to get fully I'm taken so, out by so this. invested I'm, i will stop talking about trickle down economics oh no it doesn't I, I work by it, the way it doesn't, it doesn't work <laughs> in the slightest it doesn't work hashtag <laughs> i love donut theory <laughs> anyways they also love roads that's last oh on yeah my notes. roads and they farmers love the roads yeah roads and like traditional kiwi bloke farmer this is, this is true that is like their entire voting very base. interesting i saw tori Fano. She did an interview where she was like, 
I'll be so concerned if who is it? What's his name? I want to say Simeon Brown will become transport minister because he's currently their transport spokesperson for the National Party. Because he will just like revoke every climate friendly thing New Zealand um, Wellington, sorry, has done in like the past ten years. Because like we've been like, oh, we're gonna do the Golden Mile and like really invest in cycleways and that kind of stuff, which like very very good and like invested heavily in public transport. And Simeon Brown is like, no, take all funding out of those things and fix the roads, which is bad. Like, you should not be encouraging people to burn and, more fossil fuels. Even even like no matter what your opinions are on like climate change, or whatever, like there's just something wrong with just saying that. Well, you as a region have voted for these policies. But now me is going to step in and say, no, what your, what your city wants, we aren't going to do. We're, we're gonna, anti-big yeah, we're gonna, government. We're going to prevent, <laughs> we're going to step in as the government and prevent your small little council from doing what you elected them to do. We're pro-local council, but only to yeah. an extent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is also a discussion for another day. Local councils are great, but also really bad at the same time. So we've got Labour, our current political party. This is run by Chris Hipkins, yep. Chippy himself. Formally, formally Jacinda? Form, formally Jacinda. But now we've Rest got Turn Turn in charge. So sad. Jacinda Mania was so real. I loved her. I think we all did. Like, I mean, most young people don't remember having a prime minister before Jacinda. I mean, now we, do, now we have a new this one. This is but true, like... but like, Jacinda was like a very formative figure in like what I consider my involvement in New Zealand politics yeah. to be. Labour is the oldest political party that we have as yeah. well. And that's like kind of an issue because the whole vibe is just like, if it's not broken, don't fix it. So they're just like kind of anti-reform, which a lot of young people are quite pro-reform for a lot yeah. of reasons. So they, they, they're, they're just like, don't rock the boat vibes. Yeah. And they've had some really successful governments in the past and they've had some not so successful ones. This is true. Like the ones in the 80s, they were not so great. The 80s. But again, that's another story for trickle-down economic theory. This is true. That Labour's currently going through the rigour at the moment because Chris Hopkins is trying to like repeal so much Jacinda policy to try and like gain votes because they were yeah. polling so low. Everybody now hates Labour. I know they hate Labour, but it's just like... Well, comparatively okay, well, to I mean, like the Labour mania that happened last yeah. election. But I mean, it's like we've got high inflation. We've got like Ram Raiders. Ram Raiders. That is the one thing... Sorry. Backtrack. That's the one thing National love to talk about. I follow their Instagram and the only thing that they consistently post about is the fact that there are <laughs> Ram Raids and, like, I think that they expect Chris Hipkins to actually be out, like, physically stopping the Ram Raiders himself based on their, like... Honestly, I reckon posts. Hipkins should and I would vote for him if he did that. I think that's so funny. Anyways, they just love to talk about that with no clear reason as to how... Like, no yeah. clear mechanism as to how they're going to stop Ram no, no. Raids except send Military them all to no way <laughs> militarization of the youth why has nobody thought of this before oh, if wait. we give them guns it won't be an issue anymore maybe they did think of that before and maybe it failed so miserably that nobody's ever attempted that ever again anyways moving on moving on moving on yeah labor's kind of going through the ringer because they're just trying to like repeal and put in so much new policy to try and gain 
like political validity clout maybe and clout clout is the right word for it they care a lot about social welfare though like that's their main push really is like economics like kind of just do whatever you need to keep it stable but they're like pro social welfare so that's like yeah. like raising minimum wage yeah. raising unemployment benefits and like pushing to ban like the really bad things like conversion therapy and that kind of thing um but yeah like overall their vibe is just if it's not broken don't fix it and just run things acceptably yeah like they've definitely brought in some like change like, yeah but i think I, I think that largely the push that they get from changes from smaller parties like the maori yeah. party and, the and particularly greens, the greens a lot of the greens yeah they really they really like they like i say that they like to listen to the greens they get a lot of pressure put on them by yeah. the greens to do things because usually what happens <laughs> with the greens before the policy and the next election cycle labor starts campaigning on it yeah yeah that yeah that's the thing about labor they're just like wishy-washy on like so much yeah. that i'm like they need to just say what they're going to do and what their stance yeah I think, is. I think the problem with labor is they, t- they try to appeal to too many people at the same time and it was what they end up a little bit wishy-washy so it comes and goes it comes and goes yeah the maori party the Māori Party is like a very interesting case study, I think, in New Zealand politics because it's like a really, really good op- like minority opposition party that exists purely for like questioning the status quo and questioning what a bunch of the big like yeah, and trying to and trying to really doing. raise awareness of like Māori issues, Māori rights, and I think they do a really good job of that, and I think it's really good that they exist. But I think that as soon as they have power in Parliament, things go really badly for them, like. Or, or, like, just in the sense that a lot of their policy and the way that their party is run is just so heavily influenced by who is the head of their party, which is, like, so easily changeable. So, like, you've got, like, Debbie Ngawadapaka and Rawiri Waititi at the moment co-leading their party. And they're, like, very, very hardline on, like, Māori social issues and co-governance and, like, treaty obligations, which I think is great. Um, <clears throat> but, like, also not even that long ago the Māori Party, like, absolutely sold themselves out and joined a coalition with National where they just let so many treaty obligations, like, slide under the radar just for having some power in government, which I think probably does less for their cause than you might think. Like, having power in government is good, but only if you could actually have the power to, to, do what you to like, like get the to outcomes that you say that you want. Yeah. Like, if you have to forego those outcomes just to get the power then i think the power doesn't do anything for you you know what i mean so i think they're really good as like a opposition but opposition yeah and like i think right now they're definitely doing a good job but the question is how long will it last as an example of why i say they like sold themselves out when they joined a coalition with nationals like the whole reason that the maori party was founded zandy and i were talking about this before is because of um, the two, I think it was 2004 Foreshore and Seabeds Act, which was basically like the Waitangi Tribunal saying we should give the foreshore and seabeds back to Iwi for their like maintenance and governance. Well, I mean, it was it was more like just said that we could do it. We could do it. It's a possibility, guys. So of course, every like like all the establishment parties at the point freaked out. And they were like, no, we cannot give the beaches back to Māori people. Yeah, and you, that you, you, had, so pe- bad. you had people like Don Brash, who was a member of the National Party back then, or maybe Act, going around being like, you know what this is going to do? This is going to mean we can't go to the beaches because Māori people are going to stop us from going there. Just like a lot of like overt racism. Yeah, it was well. just it was just really so, big beat up. It, yeah, it was very bad. So the Māori Party like formed by like Labour Party members leaving when but, Labour basically brought in policy saying yeah. no treaty. Labour were like, no, we are not going to give. Um, like Maori back the ownership of beaches and then a lot of Maori MPs were like within the Labour Party were like mm, we disagree with this fundamentally so then went to form the Maori Party which was 
good and they raised a lot of issues. But then, like, almost immediately, then it was would have been 2008, so, like, yeah. four years afterwards, then went into a coalition with National, right? Great in theory, but then, like, immediately signed this act... What was it called? What it was, was the Marine and Coastal Areas Act. I think it was Marine a, and Coastal Areas. It might have been like in their second term, but basically it's the exact same act as the foreshore and sea, but with a couple of symbolic victories. It was like, oh, we can give Māori like the customary title of owning the land, but like that doesn't actually do anything for fulfilling the treaty obligations that Māori should have actual ownership over the. And I, I think I think the requirements are just so stringent. Only like a, a handful of iwi have managed to succeed in their. Yeah, it was just it was just not actually the outcome that they had initially said they wanted, and it was just a bit of a cop out of like, oh look, we formed our own party, we can get some power, let's show people that we can yeah. get power, but then just like sold out on like all and of especially what they when were they claimed, especially for. when they claimed victory about this, and they said this is great, this is and all us, and yeah, then... and then everyone was like, I don't know if this is a victory because you just said that all of these things were really really bad like just a few years ago, and now you've just signed off on all of them. Anyways, yeah. so like I think it's just really hard because like, if they say they try to represent the views of all Maori in like the political sphere, that's like so so hard for them to do. Like you cannot have a political party that represents that many views, and like the just politics is so divisive. You cannot appeal to that many people. Like I was writing a, I was writing a report. I was doing a Maori politics course earlier this year. I say earlier this year. I'm still doing that course. Anyways. Um, and I wrote an essay um, being like, oh, it's really tricky for the Māori Party to succeed in these areas. Um, especially because it ends up with them having policy like, oh, we should not mandate vaccines at all, but also we should stop people coming into the country until Māori vaccine rates are 98%. Like, those two things, are, like, clash so heavily that you'll never be able to achieve those. Like, it's really, really hard. Anyways, and I wrote that in my essay, and then the person who was marking it left a comment being like, I don't think that these two things can exist at the same time. You should check your facts. And I was like, bro, that was the whole point of the whole paragraph. What are you on about? Anyways, so it just, like, ends up with things like that, like them trying to appeal to too many people, and then having policy that's just, like, a little bit watered down because they try to appeal to too wide of an audience. Yeah. And, like we said, I think it just changes depending on who's in power a lot, which is hard. Most of what they campaign for policy-wise is just really pro-co-governance, though. Like, we, like, treaty obligations being fulfilled, obviously. And they really want to, like, really put the treaty in, in like, in New Zealand law. I don't think it will happen. But. No, I don't think it will happen, but I think in theory it's a good idea. The final party we have is the Greens. Chloe Swarbrick, the love of my life. <laughs> Just yeah. kidding. You should never, never idolise politicians, no matter what party. Never idolise politicians. It's what about bad. Joe Biden? What about Joe <laughs> Biden? Young Joe Biden was sexy. That's a conversation for another day. Or was he? No, old Joe Biden was sexy compared to young Joe Biden. Interesting take. Interesting take. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Chloe. So, yeah, they're run by, they're co-led by James Shaw and Marama Davidson at the yeah. moment. But obviously, I think they're most, like, one of their most outspoken MPs is definitely. And I say outspoken, I mean, like, in a positive I mean that in a positive Like, like visible, most like, visible. Most visible, yeah, yeah. Most, like, engaged MPs is definitely Chloe Swarbrick. She's, like, their youth spokesperson, I I don't know what else yeah. other portfolio she has. But she's, she's got a couple of other youth, ones. Um, and like mental health, that kind of thing, which is really good. Um, 
like relative to New Zealand politics, they're quite new in an up and coming sense. Like they've been slowly gaining support. They like ab- like they they had a decent amount of support like a while ago, but then they absolutely tanked because one of their co-leaders admitted to committing uh, benefit fraud. fraud. Yeah. Which like I understand the point she was trying to make, but don't say that you committed benefit fraud. Like on an election cycle, that yeah. just seems like a poor. So that, that decimated the Greens for a while. It did. And they had no support, anyways, and now they've kind of like reclaimed a lot of their support. Yeah. They're sitting at like seven percent. I've seen some higher. polls with them like ten. Ten, right? Yeah, and the last election, I think they got something like six, seven percent. But yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, they're definitely like a very big coalition party with Labour. Labour will always like quite often give coalition to the Greens, even when Labour got their majority. Labour were like, oh, we'll still give James Shaw, like, climate minister. Yeah, like, a lot of growing support by young people. Yeah. And I think it's particularly because, like, the Greens, they're really big on climate policy. Definitely. And they're really big on, like, future generations. So, like, a lot of the Green policies, you look at them and you're like, I know this will benefit me in, like, the next like next year, but it might help, like, five years down the line. So their, their policies are very much, like, five-year, ten-year windows. Yeah, and because of that... Which kind of just... sets them apart but from the rest of the parties in New Zealand. It does. Home. But, like, also because of that, you just don't get a lot of older people voting for the Greens because largely they're more focused on what's happening now in the next year as opposed to what's going to impact yeah. them like 20 years down the line when we have massive climate change issues, yeah. I think. So yeah, I think something like, something, like, something, like, something ridiculous, like 70% of Green supporters are like under like 25. Yeah, under yeah. Like, like, it's, it's just their a voter really large base number. is definitely really young. Um, like they used to run a really strong climate policy and don't get me wrong, they still do, but I think a lot of their focus has shifted strongly to really strong leftist policy, just like yeah. social policy like, Not just well. social policy, but like really cost of living crisis. I've really honed in on that. Yeah. And I think so. But like, like Zendi and I were talking about this before and you were saying something like, because Labour's also focused in on climate change issues, they kind of have to also diversify themselves yeah. in some way, which has kind of led to a push of like left to social issues as well as like really strong climate policy yeah so like kind of stuff that they prioritize is um, free public transport and sort of like strong emission targets becoming carbon neutral much sooner yeah um also rails over roads they directly oppose the national love for roads because greens are very pro pro light rail the trams they want trams they want trams i'm a big fan of trams i like it for the aesthetic when I was in Amsterdam, I was sitting on a tram, and I was just like, this is the life. Yeah. So does oh, Sydney has light rail. What's the difference between trams and light rail? How old they are. Interesting. This is also a discussion for another day. We'll talk about... Yeah, rails for roads. That can be, another, that can be another episode. But yeah, so that's the Greens. Very climate-focused, very social leftist policy. They're like a lot more attuned to the working class than most and young parties. People. And, 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 and young people as well. I think Labour is definitely becoming more attuned to the working class than middle class, but because they try to appeal to so many people, it kind of it's gets watered hard, down. Yeah. With Greens, they're focused. And I think the really interesting thing about Greens is because they're still such a small party, they've got a very strong inside party democracy. Mm. Like, we're, um, like, basically, I, I don't know how many members they have, but I think it's like under 10,000. So if you join the Green Party or, like, you want to have a say in... Like, you can really have a say in policy. And cool. Yeah, like, they, they had a whole issue of James Shaw nearly being voted out because like, a bunch of people didn't no, like him and stuff. we like James no, Shaw. No, we, we like James Shaw, but I guess it just shows that, like, the Green Party's very much still very connected to their base. Yeah, like, oh, yeah parties. definitely. And I think that's good. I think yeah. a lot of parties, like, veer from that. I think it's a very interesting overview of just the way a lot of them work. Obviously, we have a lot more insight on certain parties than we do on others. Yeah. Just from the nature of and me not being And there are definitely some parties a... that are more relevant. This is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just but... from the nature of me not being a new conservative supporter, I will know less about their voter, <laughs> about their pol- politicking than I will about Labour or Greens or 
national. But I hope that, that was a good overview of each of the parties. Those are all of the relevant ones. There are definitely a lot more. I think I was campaigning to talk about top in this podcast as well, but Zandy said, no, they're too irrelevant. So we'll have to talk about top yeah. another day. We might have a special episode dedicated. Special just, episode. Just to these irrelevant parties. Just to the irrelevant parties. But yeah, so these are all the ones that are in government or have recently been in government. Yeah. And the ones that people... And the ones that are probably going to feature quite heavily in the selection cycle. Be in the news a little bit. You say the tops are relevant, but New Conservative got a lesser vote than Top did. But anyways, I hope that was a good intro to the podcast. Um, Please let us know if there are any particular topics you would like us to cover. Any feedback, if you'd like to come and talk about something specific. Yeah. Please let us know. Yeah, and the way future episodes are going to work is when it deep dives into certain issues. Interesting thing, so you know what's happening when you have to go and vote later this year. Hopefully. Hopefully you all vote. Hopefully you all vote. Do if vote. You're, if you're of age, do not commit voter fraud. Yeah. Or do. <laughs> We're advising no voter fraud on this podcast. Anyways, but uh, yes, this was How to Lose a Girl in 10 Days. Hope you enjoyed. Hope you enjoyed.